0: Here one episode, gone the next. Beth, we barely knew ya. Plus, a mid-season format shakeup. Majority Alliances flex their numbers, the least fun club night in the history of club nights, a genius game move disguised as a vow of friendship and an elimination match that the entire season has built to thus far. It's the Challenge All Stars 3 episode 5 recap coming up right now. What up my fellow challenge lovers welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things the challenge past present or future if it's happening in the challenge universe then we are here to document it I am your host and dedicated challenge historian Jacob Halliball thank you so very very much for being here with me today. On today's episode, we cover all things episode five of All Stars 3. An episode that, admittedly, I'm a little on edge to talk about. Not sure exactly how to feel about one of the main storylines from this episode, as I was kind of just left feeling a little gross, a little uneasy about some of the stuff that happened. So there's that. But we will talk about it. That's quite literally the only reason. We are here or that this podcast exists, so we will talk about it, but before we do a couple quick programming reminders, first one, next week on Monday, I will be posting the Battle of the Sexes 2 Season Recap Podcast. We are on to the ninth season of the challenge in its history for our 2022 Challenge Series rewatch, so be on the lookout for that and know that as of right now, as this podcast records Uh, Battle of the Sexes 2 is available to watch on Dailymotion.com to binge most of the episodes, if not all the episodes for the moment. Those come and go sometimes on that site, but if you want to binge right along with and check out that pod next week, it is there for you to do so. Second thing then is to be on the lookout for a really short mini pod from me either end of this current week or sometime next week, there is there's just a lot of news in the challenge world right now with premiere dates being set, cast lists being leaked, all kinds of things like that. And I can't just sit quietly without commenting. So, I'm going to be recording a short, maybe, you know, 15 to 20 minutes is, is literally as short as it's possible for me to talk about the show once I start talking about it, but some of my thoughts on some of the news that's been dropping and then of course that will not, you know, preclude anything from happening whenever the actual official trailers or official cast lists or anything like that are put out within the first few weeks or few weeks out from a season we will do our full season previews for, you know, The Challenge USA, aka Challenge CBS, as well as season 38 whenever that eventually happens. Sounds like it's literally happening right now. So, lots of news to get to. We will get to it all. We're going to record a short podcast covering some of that um, here in the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. And with that, uh, that's everything we got. So thanks for being here and let's dive on into all stars three episode five by first setting the table for our discussion by doing our cliff notes recap. Episode five, all stars three, the halfway point. They said halfway point multiple times in the episode. And so, I don't know if that, it feels like we're not getting a full 10 episodes. This very much feels like an eight or nine episode season without actually knowing for sure. If anyone, if that information is publicly available and anyone wants to share it with me, slide in the DMs at Challenge Historian on Instagram and let me know. Um, but given the number of people we have left and assuming they're not trying to run a final with, you know, only two or three men and women on each side, I'm guessing this is an eight or nine episode. So we're, Potentially have passed the halfway point or somewhere right around, if not just past the halfway point of the season. Let's discuss every single thing that happened in this episode by doing our Cliff Notes recap. Everything that happened, plot-wise, episode five, coming at you as quickly as we can. Three, two, one, and we are off. We open with, yes, still disliking Wes, Kayla lamenting a mischance to get Kellyanne out, and Ronnie becoming a full-fledged member of the Treehouse. Then we've got a boys meeting. Wes wants to be the new Durrell, and Mark, Derek, and Brad's alliance citing that all of them should be going after the wolf in the house, which is, of course, Jordan. To the daily challenge we go, where TJ announces a change in the game. Gone are the six-person authorities and last place going into elimination. Instead, it will now be just two winners that make up the authority, and those winners will select the first elimination contestant, followed by those selected individuals picking their opponent. This shakes up alliances and strategy in the game alike. Then, without much time to digest that the cast plays a game called Sidetracked, where you have to run around a dirt bike track, picking up rings that you then throw on your opponent's boards. Once five rings are on your personal board, you are out. Alliances put on full display. On the women's side, the treehouse dominates and are the final four women left in the game with Sylvia eventually taking the win. For the men, a plan was hatched prior to starting to get MJ and Jordan out first and then let Mark win from there. Brad didn't fully remember or know that this plan was happening. He tries his best, but eventually Mark still wins in the end. Back of the house, the crew heads out for a night at a club, but it couldn't be less club-like because no one dances, no one drinks, no one has fun. Everyone just simply tries to make sense of the new game and who will end up in elimination. Beth makes some wild and false claims about John A, which causes a new feud to fire up. Meanwhile, MJ seems like the male target, but says if it is him, then he will be picking Brad to go against. The next morning, Brad confronts Wes and Mark about not being fully on board with the prior day's plan, and as a show of good faith and friendship, Wes offers to go into elimination himself to guarantee that... Rad won't end up there. The authority then selects Wes and John A, who also has volunteered herself, and we head to the arena. There, Wes calls out yes, and John A calls out Beth, and they are are going to play knockoff. where you stand on a two-sided platform 30 feet in the air that has these pads that you can be pushed through from one side to the other. Your goal is to push the pads through and knock your opponent off of their side. First to fall, loses last standing wins. The women go first, and what do you know? Beth quits. They play for a few minutes, but when MJ starts helping Jhane from the stands, Beth decides she doesn't want to go against cheaters and calls it quits. Nowhere near the first time she has done that, a returns to the game with the most stars on the female side. For the minutes, Wes versus Yes showdown we've been waiting for, and it is intense. They eventually go for 45 plus minutes with Yes doing a lot of talking, which ultimately backfires as it both tires him out while also helping Wes know where he is standing on the other side of that wall. Wes knocks off Yes, they respectfully shake hands, and TJ calls Yes the greatest human to have ever played the game before sending him home. And with that, that is where the episode ends. So now we know everything that happened, let's talk about it, shall we? first storyline to discuss then and we've got it's a it's an interesting episode because we've we've kind of got if you take anybody's lens any pick any cast member left in the game in this episode you would say their position their view on the game if you look through their particular lens everything shifts everything shifts for every player in this game based on different rivalries alliances being formed or widened or you know, tightening or just mainly from the format of the game changing everyone. If you look through Jordan's lens, if you look through Ronnie's lens, if you look through Mark's lens, whoever you look through, the game changed. But with that said, there really wasn't more than two big overarching storylines. Even with a, an episode where you could easily look at every single cast member and say something shifted for them, something's different for them in this game. Really, it's just two big storylines, which we're going to touch on here, and then we will follow that up with a a quick check-in on the alliances and a couple random one-off things that are just worth mentioning but didn't rise to the ranks of a full-blown storyline through the episode. So there's two big ones we will dive into. The first one is, of course, Beth, because we started last week's episode with Beth. We have to start this week's episode with Beth again Somewhat begrudgingly, because as referenced in the open to this podcast, I don't feel great. Uh, I feel quite uneasy and unsure about exactly how I want to talk about the arguably the biggest thing that happens in this episode, which is a big-time accusation was laid by Beth against John A. and MJ. And I am going to stop right here and preface everything I am about to say after this with this. I am going off of uh, that. This is a bold faced lie and there is zero truth to it. And that is what all my opinions are based off of. If at some point we learn that, uh, that it is, in fact, not the truth, that the truth is much closer to what Beth says, then we'll reevaluate and go there. And Beth, if you're somehow listening to this, know that, you know, null and void everything I'm going to say after this. But I'm I'm siding with MJ and John A here uh, based upon their reactions, based upon Beth, especially in confessional when confronted about, well, what do you got? Is there any evidence? What did, Why'd you say this? And the best she can come up with is to kind of laugh and say she was just shaking the game up. I'm, for the time being, going with this is all bullshit and was just a manipulative move to try to stir the house up, get some people pissed off, try to change their fortunes in the house. So everything I'm about to say is under that pretense. And with that pretense, this shit is evil and totally fucked up. Beth, what the hell are you doing? As I said last week, on the very end of the podcast last week, we actually already started talking about this because this moment was in the next week on and it got me riled up then, so I talked about then. And as I said then, I do feel differently about this particular situation than I do about past times on the show. When something very similar, if not the exact same to some degree, uh, which is why I said very similar, that's the proper way to put it. When something very similar has happened, and the reference or the the example I used then and I will bring back up again now is Polly on Ven- uh, Vendetta's Final Reckoning. They're the same season to me, both great, by the way, underrated. But on Final Reckoning, he's in the Redemption House with Britney, and Britney is ex boyfriend Chuck, who is her partner, uh, on that season and nothing goes down between them but Paulie has a rivalry with Brad and Kyle. Kyle really but Brad's Kyle's partner. They go back to do an elimination to get back in the house. Paulie loses. He has to go back to the redemption house. On his way out, he yells to Brad that hey, Brittany is hooking up with her ex behind your back. And it was a bold-faced lie and it was just to rile people up and, you know, cause cause some chaos and uh, you know, that sort of thing. I did not think that was a cool thing for Polly to do. I thought it was quite ugly, Uh, but I wasn't totally appalled by it. I certainly wouldn't have called it evil. And the reason why is because there is a difference to me between. When you do that, when someone has been in a relationship for a week and a half while stuck in a challenge house on a reality television show, and they just met, and they just started hooking up within the last week or two, and this whole season is based around, you know, you're partnered with your ex, and now you got some people over in this house, some people over in this house, what's going to happen? So I get a little more why, uh, why it wouldn't be as damaging, let's say, to all parties involved and while I wouldn't certainly encourage it I would not applaud it nothing of the sort I would in fact say shady shitty move I would stop way 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 short of getting any any you know more extreme with my denunciation than yeah I wouldn't do that and it's pretty shady and a little fucked up this version is two people that are in in, you know, marriages with children, and you are older, you've been on these shows a bunch of times, this is the, you know, a little bit more mature arena of all stars, and just for those factors and every other, it just feels on a level, 10 factors more than anyone that's ever done anything like this before, and it just feels completely and utterly wrong that, that these people now have to answer these questions on this television show that the television show they are watching literally what being a watching with their children when it airs their children old enough to digest all of this um and you know you're you're making an attempt to break up a family that's it just is a whole different level a whole different beast and that's why i feel very differently in my you know how strongly i detest or am against this move happening in this uh, version of it versus that poly version or any other. It's this, this not the only time someone has made some wild accusations in the history of the challenge, obviously, but feel a lot different about this one. And if you don't, if you're like, hey, those are all the same to me, that's totally, I totally get that. I totally understand that. I disagree a little bit, but um, I wouldn't, my disagreement wouldn't be all that strong. I'd be like, yeah, oh, you, you might be right. Maybe they all are just, you know, ugly is ugly and we leave it at that. We don't try to, you know, decide what's what's the worst, what, you know, any sort of scale to it. But as long as we're in agreement that this version of it is fucked up and bordering on just like evil to put these people through, the having to answer these questions now and everything else, um, I hope we're all in agreement there. Again, final time I'll say with the pretense that this is a complete bold-faced lie. Um, so uh, if it's not true, uh, if it is a bold-faced lie, Beth. Come on, like you you gotta be better than that. You had to have some better ideas for how to piss people off, rile people up, and ruffle some feathers, cause some chaos in that house. Then we move on from that. That was, you know, bad enough. But then we get to an elimination where Beth quits. And at this point, we can only say, of course, she does, because she's quit on challenge seasons before. She's threatened to quit other challenge seasons before. And she comes into this challenge first, as we discussed last week. We have on pretty good info from one side, we never heard Beth's side yet. I don't believe her. I haven't seen it if she put it out there, but Tina put out that, you know, they asked Tina to apologize to Beth for that punch way back when, before Beth would do the season. Tina says, I'm not apologizing, but I'm also like not gonna, I don't like hate her. I'm not gonna try to punch her again. Nothing like that. I just don't feel like I need to tell her sorry all these years later. Beth says, I won't do the season with Tina. That is why she's an alternate. Again, potentially that's from Tina's version of it. But if that's true, she's already... That's not quitting, but that's kind of, you know, what else? What is if you want to come into a season and cause drama? What's more dramatic than getting you and Tina on a season together? Then she comes in first daily challenge as a replacement. She quits. She won't do it. She goes straight to elimination. She gets an elimination tailor made for her. She wins it. Takes out the, the sweetheart, the darling of the challenge, the most one of one of if not the most favorite, beloved, highest Q rating challengers in Kendall that we all love and adore. And then she gets into the next elimination, decides to quit again. And she blames it on two things. She blames it on one, heights again, even though like you went up there and you were playing for a while. So it seemed like it wasn't that big of a bother. And then the second one, the big one being that she felt that it was bullshit, that MJ was helping John A and that that's cheating. And at that, I say, Beth, you are not alone, but you seem to be one of many, many players that only watches the games, uh, the challenge when you play. And you do not watch the challenge otherwise, or maybe don't keep up with the flagship show because that's the whole game. Everyone does this, every single elimination. They purposely for, I don't even know how many seasons at this point, 20 more. I mean, hell, this was always the point even as far back as, like, The Gauntlet 2, last time Beth was seen quitting a challenge, Um, where the people, the cast that is not in the elimination is there to watch, they are put on a platform somewhere that they have a good view, and that if they have a friend, a romantic partner, a big ally, or an enemy in that elimination, they may or may not yell out and try to help. They may throw some advice around, they may cheer, this, that, or the other. In this situation, John A. has a ride or die, an MJ, a part, an ally in the house who is like, yeah, I'm going to help you win, especially after what you did to us. I want Beth to get out of here. So going to run back and forth, going to give John A. any advice he can, can be her eyes in the sky here, and no one else up there wants to do that for Beth. Shocker. And so, uh, you know, to call that cheating is, you know, just calling yourself out for not uh, keeping up with the show all that much or just, you know, looking for an excuse but ultimately she quits and that's a big, big disappointment. And it sucks anytime anyone quits on any the flagship, the all-stars, any version of the challenge. If you quit, that really, really sucks. Cause as fans, we desperately, I mean, it is literally would be my biggest dream. If a genie came and gave me, you know, three wishes, I would be like, you know, the second and third one we'll use for some really selfish financial things. But number one, I would love to be play on the challenge. I would love to be on the challenge. And so anytime someone quits, it feels like a slap in the face to, you know, us fans and certainly to, I'm sure, to all the other people that are like, I've been on the show before, I'm worthy to be an all-star, I would love to get invited, that maybe got a casting call but not casted, you know, it it really sucks. And in recent years, we've thankfully, as, you know, a little bit as a fandom, as well as, you know, even all the way larger to society and whatnot, and certainly TJ himself has come a long way in, you know, making sure, all right, if someone's quitting, is it, is it for a valid reason? You know, is there a mental health issue here? Is this a bad environment for them? Do they have an issue back home that like really truly does? It's like, yeah, that you there's you shouldn't be here. You should be back home taking care of that. And in those instances, great. That's gonna happen. Those are gonna come up. We're, get you out of here, get you back home, get you where you need to be. But when it's just someone quitting to quit, I really thought we were gonna get like a classic TJ quitter, you know, monologue about like Beth, You came in here, you got to come in as an alternate partway through the game. That's a really fortunate place to be, and you quit the first Daily Challenge, and you quit your second elimination, and now you're just immediately gone. What the hell? We didn't get that thought we really would have. The final thing I will say about her is I would say, and I bet this is going to be true, but if it's not my choice if I was casting director, is that this would be the end of Beth on the All-Stars, on any challenge property, uh, in general, as I said last week, she feels like someone who is really tailor-made for a show like The Real World and who enjoyed that experience and wanted to, you know, be on the television shows some more and have the fun and once the house part of it and the experience and the people part of it and the drama part of it but isn't really both cut out for or all that interested in the game part of it and nowadays that it's so much a sport a game strategy all this stuff it's just really not for her and you know this this final performance of hers solidifies for me you know the 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 lie to try to create scandal is basically two strikes in my book. And then quitting is like a third strike. Like you're out at this point. You're just, you're done and you've already done a homecoming season, which by all I have not watched, but by all accounts was great. Um, So you can't even clamor to like get that homecoming season. So I don't know what else is out there, but I would say if I had my choice, this would be the end of Beth on the challenge. To our second storyline then, the second big one, and the one I am much more excited to talk about because he did it again. Ole Weston Bergman, one of my all-time favorite players, maybe, you know, uh, I don't know exactly who would be if I really had to sit down and, you know, and and parse all the way through it who my top five favorite players ever are, but if I changed the question slightly to my favorite players to watch play the game, Wes is right up there near the top and he, he pretty much should be for everyone because as much as he likes to remind us all how much of a mastermind he is, a strategic manipulator, this, that, and the other, and it can be a little tiresome even though he knows it's tiresome, um, he really does back it up in so many ways and I think this episode is another example of the genius of Weston Bergman. And let's walk through it, see if by the end of this you agree with me or disagree. But I think that there was a lot subtle under the radar, big time game move by one West Bergman. So let's walk through it. The the full storyline itself is this Brad West. And a plan maybe gone awry or maybe not discussed, but kind of you know encompassed within this alliance building of Wes kind of sliding in. Wes, Nehemiah, and Brad being a little alliance. Brad, Mark, Durrell. Uh, Mark Derrick and Durrell before he was out being a little alliance, and now those two just kind of coming together. Wes saying, you know, at the beginning, opening the episode, like, I want to be the Durrell in this group of four, and plus, you know, Nehemiah's not here, but we all know Nehemiah would then be a part of it too, kind of creating a group of five with MJ and Jordan on the outs from the male side. But then it comes really to fruition. They have that discussion, but then we get to the Daily Challenge and it comes to fruition when ahead of time they say, you know, all right, we've just got a new format of the game dropped on us. We're kind of digesting that, but now we have to play this game and real quick, let's figure out a strategy. We get to basically, if we have a big alliance, which we now do, the five of us, we get to pick how this exactly goes down. And so the five of them, Brad West, Nehemiah, uh, Mark, and Derek, and yes, is also a part of the conversation. The six of them decide, hey, let's get out George, or MJ first. And then Jordan. And then after that, the rest of us, you know, just get each other out, but leave Mark alone. Let's let Mark win. He's willing to be the first, you know, solo authority person. And that's all good. So they do that. And then Brad, the whole time during the game, is like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? I don't feel like I got the whole plan. And he's upset about it afterwards. And we'll get to that in a minute. But the first big question is if Brad wanted to be the winner, then why didn't he speak up? Because. He says throughout the daily, his confessionals during the daily challenge, he says, it wasn't run by him, but then I, I checked the tapes. I went back and watched just... Just to double check uh, that my eyes weren't lying to me, he's very much a part of the conversation the entire time, the entire conversation they have beforehand. Every view of it, every clip of it we get, he is standing firmly in the circle. Everyone is discussing it. Brad talks during it at some point, so it's not like he's standing there but not paying attention. He's a part of the conversation. He agrees to different portions of it verbally, out loud, on camera. So why doesn't he speak up then? Is this something that he just, you know, After the fact is like, wait a minute, I should have been the one that's gonna like win. And so then he's like bummed about that and just frames it a little different. I don't know, but he was clearly standing there as they all discussed it. So speak up then if you know if it's something that is a big, big deal to you. The real problem here though isn't actually, you know, there's a miscommunication clearly, but the real problem is that the format is causing a difficulty for them. So we had a new format this episode. This is as good a time to kind of sidebar quickly. Um, from the Brad Wests and everything, and just sidebar quickly on the new format. The new format, which is a prediction we got right for this episode, finally getting a couple bigger predictions right episode to episode, but I said last week that I predicted, they showed in the next week on you know some big twist happening, and I thought there's, there's no big twist coming. The big twist is that they're going to drop the authority from six to either four or two because... There's not enough players in the game left anymore for it to make sense with 6. It was a pretty obvious thing coming. Once they started with the 6 person authority, it's like, okay, that's fine when there's 24 players in the game, but when there's 16 or 12 or whatever, like that's that's not going to totally work. And so, they dropped it down. And now, the other thing that changed with it though, which is a such a good idea and such it's just it's one of my favorite versions of the game, my favorite formatting things of the game is not only did they drop it from the authority is from 6 to 2 just the male and female winner of each challenge makes up the authority but last place no longer goes straight to elimination because the authority that two person authority will pick the first uh the first contestant of the elimination on the male side on the female side and then that chosen individual will get to pick who they go against and I love 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 When the people get to call out who they want to go against in an elimination, it adds so much intrigue. It makes the alliances and things way less powerful, way less impactful. It really puts the game in the hands of the people playing it each as an individual. And I love, love, love everything about it. So that's my thoughts on the new format. Great, great job. I hope that they stick with just pure individual game the whole way through and don't change up. You know, this is a nice, subtle kind of what the 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 balance that I think I personally like the best and it seems like the, if there is any consensus amongst the fandom where people would kind of fall on the should we have twists, should everything change all the time, how straightforward should it be, this is the best case scenario. If they were to stick with this the whole rest of the season and be very straightforward and just say, hey, we announce a straightforward game at the beginning. There's a small tweak to it in the middle, and that's about it, and we kind of play the same thing all the way through. Love, love, love. So back to Brad, West and this big alliance's plan. The new format is the real cause of the problems because under the old format, their new plan works fine. The old format says... We, you know, we get MJ out first, he goes to elimination, and then our alliance, you know, one of us is the winner. It can be Mark, whoever, we're gonna then vote in Jordan, and it's gonna be MJ versus Jordan. The two people that aren't in our group, those two will go against each other. Either Jordan will take out MJ for us, which is great, or somehow MJ will win and Jordan will be gone. Hooray. That's the old format. But now with the new format, they got issues because instead of getting to just send MJ out of the game first, which they do, it doesn't mean he's going straight to elimination. They still have to pick him. And then he could possibly turn right around and be like, Brad, you've been coming at me. I don't know why. I'm now coming at you. I'm picking you. Suddenly it matters who wins and who is actually the single person that is safe. Suddenly Brad is like, wait a minute. I didn't make, you know, we didn't do all of this just for me to have to go into elimination versus MJ, who is a big, strong guy that won the last season, has already won elimination this season, and depending the game, would be favored over me. So, that, the format's what's really causing them problems, but then we get to post the daily challenge, Mark has won, and I love the fact that Brad, you know, he's feeling away about it, he doesn't want to go into elimination, and I love that he wakes Wes up, that the night after the club, he... He's up early. It, you know, the sun's up, but I don't know time zones and stuff and equator, wherever they are. I don't know how early they're up, if if Wes is sleeping in, or if this is like 5:30 in the morning and Mark and Brad are up and are just like, screw it, I can't wait any longer. I gotta, I gotta talk about this. I gotta go get him up. They wake Wes up. Love that part. Wes very, very kind about being woken up. They go down and they have a discussion. And it there had first and foremost, there has to be more. We didn't see much of what went down between there had to be more discussion either at the club or at the house right after the daily challenge, or even a lot more to this discussion that we saw glimpses of in the workout room early in the morning, the next day, because, uh, it, it seems very immediate that Wes is like, well, then I'll just go in. Like I get it. I get why you're mad and I'll just go in. How does that sound? Um, so it feels like we're missing a good amount of the story, which would be, you know, pretty normal given we only get, you know, 40 minutes of film versus you know, they very well could have sat there and talked this through for two hours and really strategized out what has happened, what could happen in the future, all this. But this is where we get to the part where I believe Wes is just a goddamn mastermind and put it on full display again. And it was very subtle. It was very under the radar. And I'm sure maybe he will take credit for it more so in the future episodes, but he doesn't fully take credit for it here so maybe i myself am you know putting wes on too much of a pedestal and i am assuming things that aren't 100% true but i think his track record would tell me that everything i'm about to say is is true in tracks uh, and let's see let's see if you uh if you listen to this and believe uh, as i do that this is all actually how it went down and uh, or if you disagree, and if you disagree, you think there's no way he thought that through. There's no way that was the actual his actual plan or his reasoning in his head. Let me know. Uh, DM at Challenge Historian on Instagram. Would love to chat about it. But here's why I think Wes is an unbelievable mastermind for this move. So they they they're in the room, and Wes says, "I'll go in." Uh, that way, you're totally saved. He does this, and in the show, it's just you know I me and Brad are good friends. I want to solidify that friendship. And then, and you know, that's kind of all of it. And he goes in and he wins and he beats yes and and everything's good. And you know, him and Brad, he's defended his friendship with Brad. And that's kind of the only, the only part that's put front and center, the, the, you know, the kind of veil over all of this as you will. But in my mind, he, he's really thinking a couple things through. He's sitting in that room here and Brad's a little upset that it probably is going to end up being MJ versus him. And he's thinking to himself that it is unlikely that he avoids elimination for the entire season. He's too big, you know, big of a name. He's too good of a player. He's too loud and brash of a player. He's got too many people that would love to throw him in. That there's no he's got to know in his head, hey, I'm probably going to have to go into elimination sometime this season. And it's very, very low odds that I find a way to get to a final without seeing an elimination first. So if he knows that, then This is an opportunity for him to volunteer himself, thus solidifying his relationship to Brad and to Mark, who he has now told, Mark, you should be the one that wins and have the power, that's all good by me, and have the safety, but now is in front of Mark saying like, hey, this is how loyal I am. Brad feels away. I it it might not be even 100% justified, but guess what? To make it better, I'll just go into elimination. So he's solidifying this relationship with Brad and with Mark, and therefore with Derek and you know he already has it solidified with Nehemiah, but really making this this alliance rock freaking solid. But he also gets knows in this moment that if he does this, he gets to pick and that he gets to go against Yes, who he would view as the easiest opponent in the house. Not that Yes is an easy opponent by any means, but when this male cast on a majority of the eliminations they're gonna go into, which this one actually doesn't turn out to be one where size or strength totally matter much at all, uh, but yes, would have to, just realistically looking at this lineup in a final different story. Yes, would be one of the favorites. In an elimination, he would be the one, if you had to pick someone of this murderous row of people, of guys in this house, he'd be the one you wanna to, want to go against. Wes knows this, so he knows, hey, I'm gonna to get to volunteer, solidify my relationship with Brad Mark, I'm going to get to go against Yes, who's the easiest opponent I can get. So if I'm going to have to go into elimination this season anyways, I'd prefer it to be against him. It's not a guaranteed win by any means, but it's my best shot. And then when I win, I, one, get a vote against me out. Yes is gone. He's one of the few few people going for me. I get votes for me solidified in this alliance, and I can now play the I took my turn in elimination card which is the final step of it, in the, the the final step that elevates it all the way to genius for me. He's now very in a huge, great position to, in future episodes, be like, look, I went into elimination already once. Um, you know, I haven't won any, you know, I think he, did he win the first day of the challenge? or get second. He was in the authority once, but I'm not winning a whole bunch of stuff. I threw myself on the sword for Brad, even when I didn't totally have to, just because I'm such a good friend and such a good alliance member. I've been in elimination, and not only all that is going to benefit him in the future, but he does all of this, and all of it is wrapped up in him being able to hammer home the West versus Yes storyline, the idea that he's played with all season of Yes is a fake. All of that he gets to. You have another full episode about just that storyline. Yes versus West while setting himself up beautifully in the game while getting you know his hopefully in his mind one elimination round out of the way versus easiest possible opponent and solidifying this big relationship and friendship and alliance It's all genius. It's all mastermind, and I think he was thinking all of that through in the moment because as we do know, this man does not stop thinking about the game at any single second of the game. He is thinking through, and he is the first one I would expect to the moment they hear the format change to think, how can this be an advantage to me? How is it different now that the person that gets thrown in gets to pick their opponent? What does that mean? How does this work? So I think Wes is a genius. And I think that he really, really lived up to in the biggest way possible in this episode, his reputation as a political mastermind and a manipulator and a social chameleon and just damn, damn good at the challenge. Final thing then on the storyline front, let's do a quick alliance check-in and some random one-offs here. Quick alliance check-in because things did really change this episode. They went from, you know, Last week, we talked about there was the Treehouse Alliance, and then there was a bunch of pairs and or trios and single people floating out in the wind a little bit. And now this episode, it really turned into the female side of the game has its one big alliance and a couple floaters. The men's side has its big alliance and a couple floaters. Is there going to be a lot of work across the genders trying to help one side or the other out? Does the new format even allow for that? We shall see, but on the female side, it really is turned into Kayla, Sylvia, Veronica, Ronnie, the female members of the treehouse, which Derek, uh, you know, is a member of the treehouse, but at this point, it's really these four women, which we found out this episode, Ronnie certainly is. Uh, Previous episodes have said, I didn't feel like Ronnie or Derek was really a part of the treehouse. I thought it was Kayla, Sylvia, Veronica, Jemmy, and Tina, and then those two left, and it's kind of just the trio of women. Ronnie certainly is 100% with those women, so it's four women Against one, which is Kelly and then you got John A and Naya kind of roaming on the men's side. A similar setup where Wes, Nehemiah, Brad, Mark, Derek, those five are now together, doing everything together with Jordan and MJ both floating on the outside. Now, this new format does stop, you know, one alliance just going. Against each other, uh, or being able to throw p- specific people in against each other, it stops, you know, as we saw this episode, the men on the men's side, it stops them from being able to create an MJ versus Jordan matchup just by sheer numbers and ability to manipulate the daily challenges and the voting and the authority and all that. Can't do that anymore. So, the only way to get someone out is to ha- let them, you know, they're going to get to call out someone from your alliance. If you want to throw in a Kellyanne, you're probably going to have to go in and beat her yourself. Naya's not doing it for you, which I'm sure the Kayla, Sylvia, Veronica, Ronnie, I'm sure their dream would be, hey, we really want Kellyanne out. And guess what? Naya, you seem like the woman to do it. Kellyanne ain't going to give you that if you want and Naya ain't going to give you that either you throw her in she ain't picking the the best you know the you know the current favorite in the house I think all of them seemingly are putting Kellyanne the same as I do as kind of the favorite in the house slight as it might be but I think also clear as it might be and same thing on the guy's side you know you're not getting MJ versus Jordan because neither of them are going to call each other out they're going to call out someone in that big alliance they're not going to let you manipulate and make that happen so Two big alliances form and right as they do, TJ changes the game. Exact perfect timing from TJ in production to be able to say that's cool and all, but the best you can do is manipulate the daily challenges, potentially, depending on what it is, to you know, keep your one of you safe, one of you in a little power and make, you know, some decisions. But with the person going into elimination, getting to call out who they want could end up with any matchup down there. Everyone has got to be on the edge of their seats the whole time. So that's just a little quick alliance check-in. Then some random one-offs, a couple things. Uh, the daily challenge, we didn't really talk about it at all in any part of that, um, but without ganging up being a possibility, this is a really, really cool daily challenge and one I really, really like. I love when it gets to be you know like, let's, let's put everyone's cards on the table. Let's force you to put your alliances and your strategy out on the table. That's all really great, but- When it turns into just a couple big gang ups and no suspense of who could actually win or anything like that, it turns into kind of a meh, you know, daily challenge from one that could be really, really good. It has the good coming out of it, of it, you know, sets the alliances, sets some strategy, sets off some other fireworks and drama potentially, but the daily challenge itself turns it into kind of meh. The elimination, really, really cool. I like it a lot. Uh, High risk reward. It makes total sense that this thing took forever. It also makes total sense that the rules are pretty unclear. Um, If you, you know, we saw right when Beth eventually quit, but when she finally quit, she was standing in between all all of her pads, whatever you want to call them, were popped out to her side and she was between them. I don't know if that was allowed or not, because if it was allowed, then it would be a strategy just to like go in between them and, you know, and kind of wait there and that move. I don't know, but as you know, that's just a challenge staple for the rules to be a little little wishy washy, at least to us at home. But it was a really cool elimination. I'm surprised that uh, that it actually even ended when it did. It seems like it'd be re- a one that's really hard to win. Um, but uh, gave us you know gave us one kind of letdown because Beth quit, but the other one. Uh, West vs. Yes was an absolutely great time. Speaking of, another random little one-off. TJ called Yes the greatest human he's known in the Challenge cast. Wow, that's a... Big statement um, from TJ, and that's wonderful. It it, is big. It's as big of a stamp of approval as yes could possibly get in his, you know, all season long thing with Wes calling him a fake and a fraud and not all that good of a guy, and you know, uh, all this and that. For TJ to come out and say like, "Hey, I think you're the greatest person that's ever, you know, the greatest human that's been on this show." That's a big stamp of approval from TJ and what a moment. I mean, everyone's dream on the challenge is to have TJ say you killed it, but I think it goes a step further if he calls you the greatest human to have played the game. So shout out to yes, um, a truly great human. Another random one off Sylvia finding her competence. This episode really, you know, seemed those first few episodes the first few daily challenges and things. She's all nervous at all times and that tracked with a little bit of, you know, how she kind of was on the flagship show. But then we saw this episode a couple different times where it seems like maybe the nerves are coming, but then Steely Resolve follows instead. Or, you know, she has the wonderful moment where she references, like, the only woman I'm afraid of is five foot tall, and I forget, I apologize, I forget her name, but it's her mom. And, you know, shows a picture of her and her mom. Great, wonderful moment, And, you know, she's really finding her stride, finding her confidence, willing to run some stuff, willing willing to run ideas by people. And it leads me to ask the big question. I think the answer is there's no way in hell. But is there any chance Sylvia would at some point be like, Kayla, you're my best friend, but you're also winning everything. So you've got to go and stab her in the back. It feels like if there is a massive betrayal to happen on this season, that feels like the one most ripe to act to potentially at least be out there as a possibility, I do not think it would happen, but it would be pretty good television if it did. Final little one-off, then. Quick note, just uh, from an editing standpoint: Derek Nia Nehemiah continued to be very uninvolved in the season, and I don't know whether that means they're going to make the final or whether that means they're not or they just don't have big storylines to go on. But those three, uh, by you know, kind of the least confessionals of anyone. Still standing by a decent amount um, and very spread out, even uh, outside of Nia having kind of a lot last episode with uh, Jordan going in and just talking about their relationship a bunch. Those three just uh, very quiet. Um, And, you know, that's going to happen every season. You can't have every single person be the big star, the big story, the big arc, the, you know, the focus point of every single episode. But just interesting to point out who those people a little more in the background and the shadows are. Could go either way. I could definitely, you know, as we'll talk about when we get to the power rankings, I I feel good about all these threes positioned in the game. I feel like they very well, all three, may be in that final when we do get to it. But that's uh, that's all the one-offs. That's the Lions check-in. That's your storylines. Now, let's go ahead and get the trophies out, clean them up, make them nice and shiny, and hand them out, shall we? First of three awards, as always, has got to be the best quote. Which this week, another episode where, um, you know, I wasn't laughing nearly as much. This episode wasn't wasn't quite the big the big joke episode, and so these quotes, a lot more people saying interesting things about the game that you know caught my ear and were. Uh, worth listening back to or worth getting nominated for a quote of the week, but not so much the jokes or the trash talking or things of that nature. So let's run through, though, five of them. First up, chronologically here, Wes, while talking about Jordan, uh, a great, great analogy that I love from Wes to accurately describe Jordan's place not only in this game, but in the minds of all the other male competitors when playing the game. So let's hear that from Wes.
1: (laughs) What in the fuck did we see last night? Because that was unreal. Jordan wins. To anybody who's been around him, we're not surprised. We haven't been crying wolf. It's a wolf. I want to slide into the Jarrell role with y'all even though I play very differently than him. The challenge is really a house of cards built on thousands of little miniature interactions and relationships. I've got to build relationships with all the people in the house. I want to be a part of like 12 alliances here. I'm doing all this stuff
0: because I've got to protect myself. The level of seriousness with It's a Wolf is just, you know, these these guys are scared of going against Jordan in a final or really an elimination or anything, and uh, they should be. And it says a lot about, you know what when other what other players and competitors you go against uh, say about you think about you says a lot about what your real, you know value is, how good you really are. And I think this season is, you know, way up there as far as a testament to just how damn good Jordan is at the challenge when doing those, all the wonderful arguments that we love to do. About who's the best of the best who's you know at their peak is the best all all kinds of things uh jordan is really getting a lot for his resume by others talking about him this season second nominee for quote of the week is sylvia we mentioned before uh finding that confidence and no more confident of a statement than this one discussing the changing nature of the game post-format change take it away sylvia
1: This game has officially went from we're saving our friends here, saving our friends there, to bitch, it's my game and my game only. You be damned.
0: That is the moment where the the idea of her possibly stabbing Kayla in the back first popped into my head. Again, I don't think she's going to do it, but I think she should, not because I don't like Kayla, because it would just be amazing television, and I don't see any other big old backstab happening uh, on this season, even a possibility of possibly happening, um, except for maybe smallest percentage, single-digit percentage chance that that could. So that's Sylvia. Then third nominee, yes. Uh, accurately explains club night, and this could be used not just for this very dour, very big old bummer of a club night, but could be used and played over a lot of uh, club nights and bar nights and nights out that uh, on recent All-Stars, flagship seasons, and anything alike. So let's hear Yes real quick. Describe what went down at that club. The stress of the game is getting to everybody. Now we got a DJ over here trying to play beats and thinking that we're all gonna come dance. Nobody's dancing. This is a time where everyone is talk, 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 game, 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 all night. The- you hate to see it. Let's come on, guys. We, we did we lose all the dancers? I know some folks still left in this cast. Love them a little dance on camera. Let's see a little more of it. I guess everyone's just lost all their friends and stuff too. Kellyanne Wood, but. Kendall isn't there, you know, Darrell always is a good time for that, not there, Tina the same, maybe that's bringing Veronica down, who knows, but let's get a little more dancing, let's have some fun, All-Stars, you're supposed to be having a little bit of fun, you can play this game, you can have strategy, let's have some fun though, then we've got our fourth nominee for Quote of the Week, that is Wes talking about himself and how the only constant in the game is one thing from him, let's hear that.
1: This is an incredibly important elimination for me for a lot of reasons. Add into it the fact that I volunteered to go in. Add in another dimension where I can choose anyone to go against, which is a great gift. It also is going to shake everyone to their core that in this house is saying, Wes is a villain. But just when you think you got me understood, I'm going to come out and smack it upside the face because I'm a troll. That's the only constant. I'm just gonna do the opposite of what you think I'm gonna do.
0: The best troll is one that can openly say that they're a troll, so respect for that, I guess. Fifth and final nominee then, Ronnie, about losing Beth and yes in the same night and what that would do to the house. Very insightful observation here from Ronnie. Let's hear that.
1: Losing yes and losing Beth at the same time is kind of like losing the yin and the yang. One person who tried to keep peace and one person who tried to create chaos in the house. But there are two strong competitors coming back. So, you know, the hill is still long and high and (laughs) gonna be tough to climb.
0: Five good quotes, all interesting and insightful in their own ways, but I've got to give the award for the week to Sylvia, because, bitch, it's my podcast and my podcast only. You be damned if you think anyone else deserves it. Sylvia gets it. Then on to best moment. Best moment of the episode, three options here. The first one, the West Mark, Brad, Derek, the entire meeting uh, that more or less starts the episode I just liked everything about that. It had that moment from West that we just played, crying wolf. It's a wolf talking about Jordan. It had West, you know, maneuvering his way into that alliance. It had it just had a lot going on, and I really, I really enjoyed uh, it for you know for what it was. So that's nominee number one. Nominee number two, the music on All Stars is fantastic. Has been All Stars one, two, three, all the way through. Great, great music. Great choices all around. One of the best they've ever done. This episode when they drop. <laughs> Soldier boy on us at the beginning of the men's run of the daily challenge. That needle drop was fantastic. Uh, they match it up, the crank that with the. They're obviously not doing the dance, but they're the way they're throwing the little hoops kind of looks like they're doing the crank that, you know, dance here or there. And so matching that up was just flawless execution by the production editing team everything um, so fantastic choice love that moment and then the third and final nominee that is also the winner of this is TJ Yes, yes how do you feel yes responds they both have a laugh about it how do you really feel let's just go ahead and you just play the whole the whole sound of this because it could have almost been a quote as well as a moment so let's hear that from TJ yes and Wes tonight yes how you feeling about this man I feel good you know I'm just here to, to nurture this flame of fairness and integrity to the best I can. Now, how do you really feel? <laughs>
1: I'm Even gonna kick T- some ass. Even TJ knows you're full of shit. <laughs>
0: Wes is so unbelievably happy in this moment that TJ will says that. It just affirms everything, but then, you know, TJ comes over the top afterwards with the he's the greatest human to ever be in the challenge. So I don't know which way TJ's actually leaning in this Wes versus yes, who's right about yes's character. I'm going to go with it's uh, the second of TJ's statements is uh, a lot closer to the truth. So that's your best moment. And then finally, we got to talk episode MVP. This week there's only three people that end up on the ballot. It's uh it was a tight race, uh, and you know, there wasn't a lot of options. And so all the votes went to three separate people. So there wasn't even a fourth and fifth on the ballot. Three people got votes. Brad and Jeanne came in third and second, respectively. Brad, you know, has a real big episode, very, very involved. Probably if they didn't choose, you know, there's a good chance he could have won the daily challenge if it wouldn't have been, um, you know, preordained that Mark was supposed to win. He gets, you know, whether it was to Wes's benefit or not, he gets Wes to go into elimination instead of Brad probably going in versus MJ. Um, and he solidifies being a part of the biggest alliance in the house or our co-biggest alliance in the house. No, the biggest. They have five on the women's side. There's four. So biggest alliance in the house. And just a lot of a lot of good things for Brad in this episode. Second then, or second place, John A gets the elimination win, which we will in the official record books. That counts as an elimination win, even though the person quit. It counts as both. I may count it as a loss and a quit for Beth. Who knows? Have a decide. But no matter what, an elimination win for John A stands up for herself wonderfully, performs well, and is slowly but surely. Of all of the, the kind of floaters of the John a, Naya, Kellyanne, Jordan, and MJ, of those five that aren't a part of either of the two big alliances, she's the one that's the most interesting to me. Uh is trying to do something about it and is, you know, trying, you know, putting plans in. We may not even know all the plans, but I just like everything she's doing. I like the attitude. I like the confidence, everything about it. Great episode from her. But the only person that could win the MVP of this episode is Wes. Not only for the masterful play that we talked about earlier. Again, uh, if you disagree with me that it was all premeditated and he was doing it for all the reasons we laid out, let me know. DM me at Challenge Historian on Instagram and, and explain to me what what I'm missing or that Wes isn't actually as smart as I'm giving him credit for. But regardless, he you know builds a rebuilds a bigger bigger alliance than he already had. He goes in and wins an elimination. And gets yet another elimination win to add to his record setting amount. He takes out yes, his you know, main rival or foil in the game. And he's one step closer to coming in and saying, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna run this game. And so far, he's doing it. He and Kayla jointly both are doing it a little bit on each side of the game, but he's doing it. He gets another episode MVP. That is Mr. Weston Bergman. Finally, let's talk some power rankings and predictions. The power rankings uh, did not change. Uh, Almost, nope, slight change, slight change. I take that back. Slight change in the power rankings, but not on the female side. Female side stays the same. Kayla, Kelly, and Ronnie, that's my top three. Although I will say, as I believe I've said before, but maybe I didn't, but I certainly, even if I said it before, I feel more strongly about it now I feel like the female side of the game is really, really wide open because I got Kayla Kellyanne Ronnie. Kayla has been running the game. She, to me, is the finals favorite if she is able to get Kellyanne out as they are all trying to do, which is why Kellyanne is second on the power rankings because I believe she is the finals favorite if she were to make it. And I think that even if she has to go through the next couple eliminations to do it, Um, I think she's going to make the final, and I think she's going to win. I'm both hoping for that, rooting for that, and that was my prediction all along, and I'm sticking to it. No reason to back off now. And then Ronnie, uh, don't be surprised if Ronnie wins um, the whole thing. Uh, She, great performance this week, getting to see a little bit of endurance from people, even if they weren't all, you know, going 100% because of the way the alliances and the grouping up was working you can tell Ronnie can run a little bit. She's got some good hand eye there, throwing those, uh throwing those rings on the poles. And she's still got a lot of that athleticism that we you know saw way back when on the early days of the challenge. And I love where she's sitting with her alliance. Now, I there's a part of me that Think she might be an easy target to get called into elimination, not because someone's going to think that like they can beat her, but because they won't feel that bad about it, maybe, or they'll just be like, "Well, I don't, you know, I still don't know her as well or anything." So maybe we'll see. But really, on the female side, I, I think anyone anyone could win. Uh, you know, I don't have Veronica anywhere near this top three, but at the same time, I think Veronica's like Veronica's like a shoe in to make the final at this point. Um, so a, a toss up, but I'm not moving. Kayla, Kelly, and Ronnie out of the top three. On the male side, slight change. Wes is first, Nehemiah is second. Last week, I had that reverse order, Nehemiah-Wes. I think Wes is going to win, and that was a little more solidified with everything he did this week uh, to get through an elimination. Nehemiah second, Mark third. Mark moves up in third, was unranked before, and I think that's simply for the simple fact that no one... I don't see him getting voted into an elimination. I don't see him not volunteering for an elimination. And I do not see anyone calling him out for an elimination. So I took him over Derek in the spot. I had Derek previously at number three. I now have Mark as the just in a really great spot. I know Derek is an absolute elimination beast, but just... There's a part of me that thinks that he could still get called in depending what the elimination looks like. If someone sees a lot of puzzle involved, possibly they might go for a Derek out of the group of guys that's left. So he's out, marks in. And then I have to say, honorable mention, Jordan, I still stand by if he makes the final, he will win. If he's in the final, I would bet all of my money in the world that he's going to win it. But it feels like Multiple eliminations further than the one he already got through are coming, and so that's why he's on the outside looking in of the top three power rankings. So Kayla, Kelly, and Ronnie, Wes, Nehemiah, Mark. On to the predictions. We are still going strong on our preseason prediction of Wes, Nehemiah, Brad, Mark, Kellyanne, Kayla, Veronica, Ronnie as the eight finalists with Wes and Kellyanne winning. So far, so good. Staying perfect. For this episode, we made three predictions. We went two for three. We said Jordan isn't in the authority. He gets thrown into the elimination. That did not turn out to be true. We did say, though, that that as we referenced earlier, the twist would just be the authority getting smaller, not partners or teams. That was true. And then we said Beth is a liar. I guess technically we don't know that's true. But as we talked about at length earlier, we're going on the assumption that it is true. She's a liar and we don't like it. Next week, as for next week's episode, couple predictions coming. First and foremost, I think Wes and Kayla will be the authority next episode. I think they win the next daily challenge, and Wes fully reasserts himself as the open and unabashed uh, leader of the game, and I think Kayla continues her run as just dominating everything in that whatever the next week's daily is won't be one where there's a big group up, and then just, like, let someone win. It'll be, you know you got to go out and win it, and I think Kayla West will. Second prediction, MJ will go into elimination and will go home. Kind of two predictions in one, but we're so confident as much as it'll make us sad because we love MJ. I feel like he's going in and going home soon. And then third and finally, I also think Kellyanne is going to end up in elimination. She's going to get tried by the treehouse, and she's going to come through the other side and knock someone out of the treehouse. So, Those are the three. Wes and Kayla win authority. MJ's going in and probably loses. Kellyanne goes in and comes out the other side. That's for next week, and that's all we got for this week. We're at least, if not past the halfway point of this season of All-Stars. We will continue doing our recaps every Wednesday afternoon after watching the episodes as they come out that day. So hit that follow, hit that subscribe button. Make sure... You aren't missing an episode, as we talked about at the beginning. Next week, we've got Battle of the Sexes 2 Season Recap Podcast coming out on Monday, and at some point, end of this week, next week, we will do a quick little micro pod about our feelings on the casting news for Season 38, about the uh, the current news about the Challenge USA, which has a promo, not really a trailer, out, but some promotional. The official cast has not been announced, even though we already know was on that cast from cast leaks that sort of thing we're going to talk about all that stuff in a quick little micro pod at some point over the course of the next week be on the lookout for that as always challenge historian on instagram dm me if you got thoughts ideas likes dislikes from the podcast if there's things you think i got completely wrong let me know hit us up follow us there for extra content and with that thank you so much for being here thank you for listening have a wonderful rest of your weekend weekend until we talk again peace